the Smash Daily Podcast. Weekdays 4 to 6 on 107.1, the Big Z. Radio for the Riverbend. What is going on? Anyone and everyone might happen to be alive at this particular point in term. Big shout out to those listening in the spirit world. Huge howdy to the high holy three. And Triple J, I love you. Boy, I tell you what, man. I think this is one of the coolest things I ever, ever heard of. Nice to be with you, by the way. I think it's the right thing to do. Because... I guess it's not. It's one of the coolest things that I ever heard anybody doing. And it's what this homeless guy did down in uh, the Tampa Bay area over at Al Lang Stadium. I swear that's where the Cardinals used to have spring training over there. That's what I'm thinking. I I swear we went over there for spring training to broadcast and also to Jupiter on the other side of Florida. But nevertheless, this happened to uh, this homeless dude. It's magnificent. I'm going to tell you about it on the backside of this song here before I even get rolling here. Uh, air conditioning went out in the, uh, in the WBGZ building studios here. And if you hear like the gush of wind in the background as do I start smashing in here, the mighty, mighty wind. And indeed... I've heard a mighty, mighty wind many, many times in my life. That's because I got a big fan going on here, but I'm going to say this. And this is a warning to, um, but maybe they want it this way. Now that I think about it. It's a warning to management here. I go to sleep every night with the whir of a fan. All right? The fan knocks me out because it's that, listen, to, hold on, hold on. Hear that? That's a fan whirring. I'll say in about 10 minutes, you hear me snoring. That's just me. I go to sleep to the fan. If I if it ain't a fan, it's the sound of the ocean. And if it ain't the sound of the ocean, it's white noise. But I'm one of these guys, I got to have something to knock me out. I can't sleep in silence. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I come to talk with you again. Not me. I'm trying to sleep. That's why I got the fan on. All right. So anyway, if you're like me and you hear the fan going to the background, you want to nap, go on with your bad self. Enjoy your sleep. Slumber on, my little child. For you indeed shall come to cut the Z's. Saw the Z's. (laughs) And cut the cheese. Okay, I understand. 
Uh, okay, so anyway, that's what's going on in the background. I'm just telling you what might come to the foreground. It's me conking out on here, all right? So I'm going to get back to this homeless guy at Al Lang Stadium right after this song. And this is one of the greatest songs about what they used Homeless people used to be called bums. And I guess, you know, just like everybody, we don't want to be called that anymore. That's below us. Okay. What do you want to be called? We're not bums. We're, we're homeless. Yep. I understand that. I've been homeless three times in my life. I felt like a bum. But uh, story for another moment here. I'm going to play this one of the greatest bum songs ever written and or recorded. Roger Miller did the original. It was a humongous hit. But I, I, and I love that. But I love the voice of Randy Travis too. And Randy Travis has a magnificent version of one of the greatest bum songs in the history of bum songs. Not bummed out. Just bum songs. The bum lifestyle. Hit is. King of the Rope. You digging a smash. WBGZ. Trailers for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets I ain't got no cigarettes oh, But two hours of pushing broom Buys an eight by twelve four bit room I'm a man of means by no means King of the road Third box car, midnight train Destination banger, Maine Old worn out suit and shoes I don't pay no union dues I smoke old stogies I have found Short, but not too big around I'm a Man of means by no means King of the road I know every engineer on every train All of their children and all of their names Every handout in every town And every lock that ain't locked when no one's around I sing trailers for sale or rent Rooms to live no phone, no pool, no pets I ain't got no cigarettes all But two hours of pushing broom Buys an eight by twelve four-bedroom room I'm a man of means by no means King of the road I know every engineer on every train All of their children and all of their names Every handout in every town And every lock that ain't locked when no one's around I sing trailers for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no Got no cigarettes all but two hours of pushing broom by eight 
Travis smash with you right here is WBGZ. My man, LL Cool Low. He's our production director right down there. And on our sister station, 94.3, my mix 94.3, the best mix of the greatest hits of the 60s and 70s. Buddy, salute to you on the work that you're doing in there. I'm hoping this is your mic. Let me see. I, I hope so. It's yeah. not it, man. No. No. Hold on here. <laughs> I, hey, I'm the wrong guy. Man versus machine. Man versus machine, man. Let's see, is that you? Is this no, me? that ain't you. That ain't me. Moving the that mic over there. Over All right. Cool. Don't worry about me. Right, totally in control. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the beauty of it, man. You yeah, can do this it. on li oh, live radio. They won't do. Yeah. They won't do this on KMOX, man. They're oh, afraid. Exactly. But I, for some reason, am not uh, figuring. <laughs> oh wait, I'm gonna try this one. Go. Is that is that that's it, that's is it. that me? Okay, that's, that's me. That's me. Hi. I thought that mic didn't work. Coming in hot. All right. Well, cool, <laughs> uh, cool low over here takes care of all the production, and everything. It's cool low. Yeah. To set up the uh, the uh, podcast and everything, man. People starting to get to those podcasts. I'm I, telling I you, man. Believe the numbers you were telling me the other day, man. I'm looking at these numbers, and I'm just yeah. saying the analytics. Yes, analytics. That's a big word for numbers. Yeah. I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, wow. Look at all these people that are listening yeah. on Google Podcasts, yeah. Apple, Spotify, yeah. and Fantastic. you're all over the place, brother. Fantastic. All Thank over you, the place. Lord, man. Thank yeah. you. Cool low. Well, that song, uh, and check it out after the show. If you can't hang for the show, man, go to the podcast. Yeah. Um, we also got it on Smash Daily. We'll take you. Got all these podcast buttons up there. You worked with Susan Singer. Yeah. Takes care of all that stuff for me. And she's a great she's lady. Got, she's a good girl. Yeah. And she now has all these little buttons. You hit them, and they got like. Super 20. simple. Oh, I know. It's pretty wild. Yeah. This is one of the greatest stories I've ever heard, man. Yeah. And I played uh, King of the Road because it's a song about bums. Back when you were a kid. Uh, Roger Miller tune. Yeah. Roger, but you know, oh, you're yeah. too young to understand bums, man. Now they're the mm -hmm. homeless. All right. Yeah. In my day, they were called bums. And that was an inappropriate term because some of them couldn't help the situation they were in because right. they were homeless. I've been homeless three times in my wow. life once by myself twice with my family that was terrible oh that's rough terrible buddy yeah serious business i'm not talking about a couple of days i'm no. talking about six months uh the first time uh, i'd say about six months the second time and yeah come to nearly eight or nine months the the third time but you know family stepped in to help us stuff mm -hmm. people stepped in and help us back in the old days sure. there. these bums would ride the train because they we're making any money in in Sheboygan? Well, let's go to California. Let's go to Arizona. So they jumped the train. You Another know? word was uh, vagabond, right? Or vagabond? Yeah. Vagabond was one who traveled, but he wasn't necessarily uh, a bum. He or was a homeless. traveler. Okay. And so bums got mad that they were being called bums because they it's a it's a derogatory word in a way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I mean, if you're bumming, you're feeling bad. You right. Know, you're bummed. You're bummed out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. 
So anyway, it got changed to homeless. Now, here's the deal. This is one of the smartest homeless things I ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. So this dude, he's homeless. Al Lang Stadium down in the uh, Tampa Bay area over there. Right. Cardinals, I swear, used to play uh, ball down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, spring training and all that. So ain't nobody at the stadium. It's a major league soccer stadium. Ain't nobody there. So he, in some way or another, gets through the locked gates and goes up to one of the luxury suites oh. and has been living in the luxury suites, <laughs> eating the food <laughs> the luxury suites and the clothes that they have in the luxury suites. And uh, yeah. so the poor guy, he got busted about three weeks in. Oh, and, uh, that's but, a shame. Oh, it is a shame in a way, man, because you're kind of proud of the guy uh, in a way. But here's his story. St. Pete police arrested Daniel Nasia for burglary after officers say he was living at Al Lang Stadium in downtown St. Pete. A cleaning crew went into one of the suites that hadn't been used in a while, and they noticed it looked like somebody was living there. Headed on, it's free. The stadium is home to the Tampa Bay Rowdies and can fit more than 7,000 fans. Police say they are not sure how he got into the stadium. But there were workers and employees coming in and out of the facility, so it's possible he might have just blended in. According to an arrest report, Nasia left the stadium multiple times, later returning to the suite where he was staying. Police say he accessed merchandise storage areas and stole clothing worth $1,000. The arrest report also states he entered the food storage areas and consumed about $250 worth of drinks. Well, we know he's right now listed as transient. He doesn't have a permanent address. But from what we could tell from what the surveillance video shows, he was there as long as two weeks without nice. anybody noticing. Bravo. Bravo, nice. man. That's, yeah. I thought that was really the coolest thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that $1,000 worth of wardrobe that I got, that was just two jerseys. Don't even worry about that. Yeah, so don't worry about things that. Yeah. So much yeah. Those things cost. Yeah. So anyway, this guy, um, he gets busted on it. And I don't know what they're going to do with the guy, but I say salute to the guy who used his own ingenuity. Yeah. To live, number one, in Tampa, where the temperature is right now, right in about that 85-degree mark. It's magnificent over yeah. there. Um, you know J.C. Corcoran. Oh, yeah. He lives down there now, man. Yeah. He moved on down yeah. there. Yeah. So he, I talk to him every once in a while, and it's nice over there. So, What's up to J.C. if you're listening? Right on. Yeah. Uh, and so, anyway, I don't know if you ever been homeless or you ever been in that situation, but I was homeless in 1974, uh-huh. and I lived out of my car. Yeah, and I lived uh, at different people's houses, and I lived in the building where my band practiced, mm-hmm. and we had a couch there where everybody sat, and I slept on the couch and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I slept with uh, at other people's homes, and then I uh, couldn't find no work here. Yeah, and uh, you know it's kind of like you quit your job thinking you're going to be able to get another job, and like wait a minute, nobody wants you. What right. are you going to do? You go, right. Go if. If I'm going to be where nobody wants me, I'm going to be where nobody wants me where I want to be, which is warm. Exactly. Right? Why yeah. be in the, in the middle? So yeah. I moved to uh, Phoenix a couple of times and uh, was homeless there yeah. in, in the early days. But nevertheless, I'm going to talk more about it coming up in a little bit. And if by chance you've never been homeless, here's a little story, but, uh, you know, goes a couple of minutes. See uh, what it might be as far as your relatability is concerned. Then, like I said, in the five o'clock hour, I'll give you a deeper story as far as my run is concerned. So you take care of yourself. You too, brother. You. Good That's seeing a good you. man right there. LL Cool Loat. Check him out. Afternoons. What is it? Three to seven, isn't it? Yeah, three to seven on my mix and 94 three. Right. Here's what the homeless are saying about being homeless.
Being homeless is a terrible feeling. There's no future. This is it. You've reached your destiny. The one word I would use for uh, my homelessness was brutal. It was very, very brutal. My worst experience was the day that I needed two quarters to eat and no one would give me the two quarters I needed for a small box of rice. Homelessness is um, a sense of emptiness and a sense of powerlessness. My worst day of being homeless was finding out that I was homeless. Being homeless is stressful. In order to even bathe some time, I had to, you know, go to distant family members or friends that make up stories about, I just left the gym and I need to take a quick shower. Everyone who is homeless feels the same feeling. Helpless, hopeless, and solutionless. I never thought that I would be homeless. Not everybody has a drug problem. Not everybody um, doesn't want to go to work. Some people just had, had it rough. Some people have mental issues, you know. Some people, they just need a helping hand sometimes, you know. Not knowing that you have value. That's what produces homelessness. That's what produces helplessness. I can remember, just like it's yesterday, my situation. There are still people out there that feel the same way. They're still struggling. They're not living, they're existing. Smash with you right here. Coming up in just a few here, going to talk with this young man, Lee Barham. Lee Barham's a very astute young fella. He is a local civic organizer. And I tell you what, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, I get you deeper into what homelessness is and how you can help some of these folks who are truly down on their luck. Got jacked around in their jobs, whatever the case may be, blown out for no reason whatsoever, living paycheck to paycheck like everybody, then all of a sudden all that goes away, boom, you're homeless. And by the way, Tomorrow is the last day as far as anybody being able to not pay their rent is concerned. All right. So get yourself ready for that. We'll see how that winds up when that gets unleashed onto the public, too. So that's coming up as Smash Daily is on your radio. The Big Z. I ain't got no cigarettes, but two hours of pushing broom buys a eight by 12 four bedroom. Mama, man. Still at 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets I ain't got no cigarettes But two hours of pushing boom buys a Smash, smash, digging a smash I reached out and touched the sky What makes a business a business? It's who starts it the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it again.
Daily it is here, WBGC, 107.1 FM, The Big Z. You know, everybody loves Mavis Staples, the girls singing and all that, but for me it was Pops, because Pops was just there, had himself a magnificent voice, and just played the right kind of strumming on that guitar. Whenever I play that song, I play it because Lee Barham's getting ready to come on the air with us right here. Lee, are you there, partner? Yes, I am. Glad to hear you again, young man. I just wanted to come back to you and talk to you about some of the things that have been occurring in society as we know it. And so I thought, well, let me start up and uh, ask what your take is on Joe Biden bringing in Kamala Harris as far as his uh, VP running mate is concerned. I think this is an excellent choice. It's, um, the woman is very qualified. And we are the ones who are stuck on the color of her skin. Yeah. Let's look at his qualifications. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly right. Because, you know, one of the things uh, they were saying is that uh, Joe Biden has to, you know, bring on a black woman. Well, she's not a black woman. She's a now designated woman of color because her dad <clears throat> is Jamaican and her mom is Indian. That is uh, Asian Indian. And so she is uh, a mixed blood right there if that's what you want to call it whatever it might be called but main thing is is she qualified and that's a good point you make here and you know you not only talk about that as far as the president and vp are concerned you're talking about that uh, as far as life in general on the streets in the cities and the suburbs is concerned that's part of your deal man yes it is but um let's circle back to um miss harrison good. we are the only country that has an um Realize women is very capable of doing the job. Mm-hmm. You look at every other country in the world, and they have women in leadership positions. Right. So as we move forward, this year here marks the 100th year since women were granted the right to vote. So evolution is why not? Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, thing that is being purveyed, at least on the right, is that if Joe Biden with Kamala Harris because they they try to describe her as a, a strong arm. She is, as I read somewhere, the pit bull, pit bull that Joe Biden is not. So she's the one who's going to be on the attack against Trump and Pence and, and all them. But as far as anything is concerned, the whole key to the deal is people are concerned that maybe if indeed Biden, who at many times has looked frail, goes away for whatever reason, she's going to be the next president. So there's a fear to that. How are you feeling about that? There shouldn't be no fear. Mm-hmm. Because, again, we're looking at a lady that's very qualified. She was a state's attorney in California. She, um, she handled herself very well during the debate. And as she does her interviews where people will get to know her, I think the fear factor will begin to dissipate. Mm-hmm. Well, we're now, looking for leadership of our country. Yeah. Uh, this, this is our country. We're looking. Biden have always said he's looking for a bridge. Yeah, we're looking for the bridge for the next generation. Right. We on. got to. We got to start including everyone. Yeah. America is a great melting pot, so we got to be inclusive of everyone. Well, you know that's a good good point about the bridge to the next generation because she, I believe, is I'd say fifty six years old, something like that, Lee, and. Uh, she is a bridge not only between the older America, but the up-and-coming America who is making the change as to what the future of America is going to be concerned. So she might be sitting just pretty right in that particular seat, man. That's correct. 
And we just, again, have to embrace, you know, the fear of the unknown. We feared when Obama became president mm-hmm. and everything went, went all right. We feared when um, Reagan became president because he yeah. labeled him as a cowboy. He's going to take us to the war. That's right. It's just that you just had to put your faith. Sometimes you just got to put your faith in a higher power mm-hmm. to make sure that our governing powers would do right. Well, uh, Mr. Barham, uh, people are saying, well, I, I put my faith in a higher power and I wound up with Donald Trump, man. What do you say to that? Like I said, it's still in, he's still in control. Yeah. Whatever Trump is doing, he's still in control. Right on. Let me uh, slide on over. And this defund the police thing that has uh, grown over the last month or so. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Because some people say, well, it's not really about defunding the police. It's about altering where the flow of money does go. We take some for this particular part of the police division and move it over into family-friendly enclaves within the urban sector, shall we say. And at the same time, the police are saying, well, wait a minute, if you're going to be taking off uh, a little bit of my paycheck over here, I don't know if I want to be a policeman anymore. And then all of a sudden, you got everybody worried there ain't going to be any police around. What are you saying on that? It's, no, it's not about defunding the police officers. We got to change something different because the policies, here's George Floyd that was killed about two months ago. Yeah. And everyone was protesting. And to this day, our city has not came up with no policies. Mm-hmm. So it's actually, if you get over the word defunded and let's say, let's move money to um, a civil service plan. Mm-hmm. Let's have a commission that have actual teeth in it. We don't need a bunch of yes men on a commission that will go along with the city officials. We need a commission that will be independent minded. And if, if a situation arises, which I hope it doesn't, they will have the power to be the check and balance. Well, now, as far as the check and balance is concerned, people would say everything seems checked and balanced to me here in the river bend, man. What, uh, what are you talking about, Lee? No, there's, there's not checks and balances here because there were checks and balances here. We only have two black police officers. We doesn't have a policy in place for something like this happen. I mean, when the first came out, the chief and everyone was hollering, we need a policy, we need a policy. As the news cycle moves on, they say, okay, they forgot about it. Until it arrives again, then they do the same thing. It's like a shell game. Mm-hmm. We'll move the shells around to appease everyone. We have police officers that were kneeling with the protesters and shaking their hands. Why don't those officers that was out there kneeling, shaking hands, dancing in the street with the protesters, why aren't they demanding, hey, we actually do need a police. We, are, we actually do need policies in effect to help us. Because they are bad cops. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but there is a few. And the few mm-hmm. that is bad help corrupt the ones coming along. All right, but uh, when a policeman pulls somebody over or is in the scene of an altercation and he says, please do this. Put your hands uh, behind your back so I can put your cuffs on. And there's a struggle that ensues. What do you say to the person that argues if that person, be it black, white, Asian, Hispanic, if that person would have just done what the cops told him, there wouldn't be the problem, man. So where do we go on that? Now, I do agree with that because once a police officer pulls you over and asks you to do something, yeah, you are lawfully supposed to do it. Now, see, there's, there's, they bring, sometimes you bring issues up on yourself with escalators. Sure. But if, if the, 
suspect is running away, unarmed, I'm not saying fire and shooting in the back. Mm-hmm. If you got his license, you know <laughs> you're gonna catch up to him. Yeah. If he had not okay. created, if he had not created a violent crime, had not done a violent crime, there's always tomorrow to get him. There's always there's always an alternative to it. Yeah. But if you if you don't do it, I mean, sometimes as a police officer, their adrenaline is rushing, and I know their life is on the line every single day. Mm-hmm. And I commend them for that. Yeah. To keep them safe. But sometimes you have to step back. To it. I mean, everything is split second. Yeah. And you got to have that calmer head about yourself because you are you you really are the one in control. Yeah. You are when, when something escalates like that, you control life and death. Yeah. Right on. I'm going to lead you with uh, one last thing here. Lee Barham is a community activist here in the River Bend in the Alton area. So one last thing, man, Lee and I haven't talked to you since. Uh, they started up, but what do you think about all these statues they're tearing down, man? What's all that about to you? I'm glad you brought up that point. Okay. A statue is like a tree. You can cut it down. And if you don't remove the root, it will grow back. If you ever cut down a tree and let the stump stay there, yeah. sooner or later it will sprout back. Right, sure. The same, way with, the same way with the statue. Yeah, you can remove the statue, but you ain't getting to the root of the problem. Yeah. If you don't educate about the true hate, the true racism, you're just leaving the root. The root eventually going to grow back into the tree. Yeah, and we're going to be we're going to be revisiting the same issue again. Yeah, yeah. So, do you see the tearing down of these statues as acts of violence? What do you see it as, man? Because in a way, that's a destruction of property for really. An ideology as opposed to uh, the sake of anything else, man. And that's against the law, I would think. Yes, that is. There's, I mean, just like there was a debate a couple of months ago about removing the Douglas statue, the Lincoln Douglas yeah. statue. That is the most one of the famous debates here in this town. That's right. And when I've seen it, I said, okay, without that debate, it wouldn't be a Lincoln Douglas. It wouldn't, I mean, if Douglas hadn't been debating Lincoln, Lincoln might not have. He might have won, yeah, right. And then we've been in a different situations. Good point. Good point. But sometimes yeah. we're looking at we're looking at things now that that someone brought up and said, "Oh, it's wrong." Prime example: You remember the um, TV show The Dukes of Hazzard? Yeah. When I was growing up, I wanted a General Lee. <laughs> really? No kidding. <laughs> How many kids didn't want a General Lee car? Well. Uh, I would think a lot of kids wanted a General Lee car, but uh, a lot of it, yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. So uh, until now, they saying, well, you know, you, you get educated about, well, the gen, you know, General Lee, he was the one who fought against yeah. slavery and stuff. You understand? But there was a TV program on for over five years. Yeah. It was the number one rated program. Right. I don't know if it was number one because of General Lee. I thought it's because of the young lady in the Daisy Dukes. But that's just me thinking out loud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, partner. Hey, let's talk again down the line here, man. I'm almost glad. You got a situation, you yell for me, all right? It will always be a pleasure to speak about my community. All right. That's Lee Barham here. It is WBGZ. Going to talk the Indianapolis 500 with Doug Jenkins upon return. Thanks a lot, Lee. Thank you. All right. If you don't
Well, every day at the studio, the man arrives, standing six foot one, weighing... I will give you a thousand dollars if you say it right now. Five, cranking out the jams and running his route. Everybody knew he didn't play no crap. The smash, the smash, big bad smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Smash, smash. AJ, Fittipaldi, Rick Mears, and the Andretti's. The checkered flag, a victory lap. Gasoline Alley, the Brickyard, Rutherford Penske, the Pace Car, Linda Vaughn and Lion Dyke, Texaco Tom Sneva, the Tower Tony Hullman, Indy Annapolis, the Pit Crew and the Pole Position, the Pace Lap and the Pagoda. Pit row and the straightaway. Valvoline, gasoline, alcohol, methanol, little Al, Big Al, and Sullivan and Ray Hall. Gentlemen, start your engines. The no pass out sign. Tom Carnegie, Mrs. Hallman, 500 Queen Budweiser, Chicken and Goodyear, back home again. Lola and Martin, the turbine and the finish line. STP Coyote and Carburation, Day Pennzoil, Marlboro, Buick, and Chevrolet. Turn for the terrace, the snake pit below the white line. Slap a pit pass, a no-buy, and no max in the groove. The bubble, the pit wall, the back stretch, a hot lap, the short shoot. He's on it in record time. Bobby and Parnelli, Lloyd Ruby, Granatelli, a glass of milk, 500 miles. Borg Warner and Bettenhausen, Ray Haroon and Offenhauser. The Speedway and 500 miles. The Speedway and 500 miles. Longtime friend Haywood Banks, right there. Haywood Banks uh, coming out of Michigan. Me, I tell you what, he made uh, uh, his impact really with Bob and Tom show back in Indianapolis and across the country, as he indeed did do. So this coming weekend is the Indianapolis 500. Smash here, Smash Daily, 107.1, FM the big Z. Anything, Doug Jenkins, you're a racing aficionado. Anything different about the 500 this year? Uh, well, <laughs> where do we begin? Well, let's begin with the date, man. Why do you think they picked this date? Try to get it in before the summer's up, I guess. They wanted to uh, try and get it in with fans in the stands. Yeah, right Roger up. Penske is in his yeah. first year of ownership. And uh, Roger, I mean, he, he's a businessman. I forgot about that. He owns the place right. now. He owns that. He owns the uh, the sanction, the Indy Racing yeah. League or IndyCar 
I should say. Yeah. Uh, but he really wanted to uh, give the fans uh, uh, the, the first year out uh, a spectacle like no other. The, yeah. the, from what I understand, they've been uh, doing upgrades around the speedway. You wouldn't even recognize it if yeah. you've been a long timer there. Uh, but uh, the folks at IU, which run the uh, infield care center and are basically in cahoots with everything that happens at Speedway said, you know what? We just can't sign off on having spectators. So yeah. they've got room for 300,000 spectators and they're not going to have a single one. Yeah. That's going to be something. Yeah. Huh? And, and as I understand it, they did not have a carburation day this, and that's like a big day at the well, Indianapolis 500. That would traditionally come the Friday before the 500 itself. Yeah. So we haven't gotten to that point yet. But I don't think it's uh, on the uh, on the calendar to do this year. Five hundred is this uh, Saturday or Sunday? Sunday, uh, Sunday. the twenty third. You yeah. can hear it right here on the Big Z. I believe noon is when we're going to go live. I was talking with uh, Tom Griswold uh, yesterday. In fact, because he's coming on Wednesday, he's an Indianapolis fellow, and uh, runs a, a radio show out of there. He said that they're not going to have it on ABC this year, man. No, it uh, the entire IndyCar series uh, signed a contract with NBC. And uh, this will be, uh, th- this will be a oh, big so, deal. But they will be on NBC. Yes. Oh, yeah, so between, that's why that because they signed a whole deal. See, I didn't know. Yes, the entire season. Really. And NBC has gone all in with motorsports. They've also got NASCAR and uh, road racing with the yeah. uh, IMSA sanctioned International Motorsports Association. Uh-huh. So uh, if you want want to see high level auto racing, uh, NASCAR, IndyCar, or sports car, NBC or well. Uh, NBC Sports yeah. are the two places that you need to be. Uh-huh. So is there somebody on the poll? Did they do that? I don't even know. That. As a matter of fact, they did. Uh, the 33 drivers qualified on Saturday. Last Saturday? Uh, this past Saturday. A couple days ago? Yep, to get their uh, starting positions. But yeah. the top nine requalify on Sunday. It's kind of a shootout, a dash for cash, if you will. Really? And uh, Marco Andretti was fastest. He's going to be on the poll uh, first time in Andretti has been on the pole in 33 years. Wow, yeah. There is... Didn't uh, you tell me they've only won once? That was Mario back in 1969. Yeah, right. And the rumor is, uh, after that race, there was some kind of split between his car owner and other financial backers. Uh-huh. And the financial backers apparently knew some voodoo or something like that. Yeah. And put a hex on him saying that no other Andretti would ever win the Indy 500. Yeah, I'd love to see him win. Man. Well, you know, it's 2020, so yeah. no, everything's out the window. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, so Hex so, be gone. Here comes Marco. There'll always be an asterisk by the winner's name anyhow, right? Well, they still got to go 500 miles well, and beat good some point. of the best in the business. That's a, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Who is the one to beat there? Have you uh, studied that? Uh, Marco's going to be Whoops. tough to beat, but uh, I hate to bet against Scott Dixon. Uh, he is yeah. very, very tough. I know that name. Yeah, golly. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I wouldn't count out Al- Alexander or um, Excuse me. Um, gosh, his name, his name escapes me, me now. Yeah. Uh, co- comes in from uh, Fernando Alonso, oh, uh, who's a, a Formula yeah. One regular right. who uh, who's come in just for this race. Uh-huh. Uh, he was very fast when he attempted the race three years ago. Yeah. And it's very hard to come in and do it one time and be a contender. But he was then. So now that he's got most of a 500-mile race under his belt, I would say uh, he's good, good for an underdog. I- I'll pick him as my dark horse. Doug Jenkins does the news for us here at WBGZ. You're also a racetrack uh, announcer at the various tracks. Tri-City Speedway, one of them that I know yes, of, sir. right? Mm-hmm. And? Highland Speedway, our ah, season, right. unfortunately, is, is done. It, is it closed down? Yes. yes. Ah, I see. 
Yeah, the, the Rona got us. Yeah, the Rona got you. When I think of Tri-City Speedway, and I know Kevin Gundaker out there, uh, I can't remember. It's been a long time since I worked there. What are the Tri-Cities, man? Uh, Granite City, yes. Venice, and Madison. Ah, Venice, I didn't remember. Ah, yeah, all, all part Granite of Granite City, yes. You know, all, are, all part of a, uh, yeah. a logistics-based uh, yeah. uh, thing, although they didn't use logistics when Tri-Cities phrase was coined. Mm-hmm. Um, they, a lot of shipping, a lot of stuff in and out. One of the most amazing events in my life. We, we always used to do the snake pit because that's where the party was. But once I got to sit up in the stands, first turn, it was when Rick Mears won that particular year, amazing race. And it was astounding. And that was one of the early years also of what they call the sewing machines because those cars didn't have that gurgle type of engine anymore. Now the engine sounded like what they called sewing machines. And now all of them do, and it's kind of like a cool sound, too. A very cool sound. It's it's ear porn. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> love it. Right on. So this coming Sunday, somebody's going to be the new Indianapolis 500 winner. What kind of money are they talking about them winning nowadays? Uh, I'm not sure what it's going to be this year because they announced that due to the no fans in the stands uh, thing, they're going to have yeah. to cut the person in half. Uh, oh, really? So, Probably only a half million. That's what I was going to say. Usually it's a million-esque, right? Yeah. So it'd have to be probably around 500000 Yeah, which wow. still isn't anything to sneeze at. No, no, no. But you've got a... Uh, that covers your salary, right? Depends on what you call salary. Okay. All right. But uh, uh, the, the thing about it is these guys have such an array of people helping them out on these cars. Then maybe five hundred thousand is not all that much, you know? Well, you've got engineers. You've got the crew guys that are there on the... Race day, you've got yeah. the guys back at the shop, wherever the shop may be. You got the transportation, so you have to have somebody drive the truck there. Yeah, uh, and who knows what else? Handlers. Yeah, you know, it's a big industry. I need you to come back uh, Friday because that's the weekend before Sunday when the race is run. You do, you know it. I'll be here. The greatest spectacle in motor racing. Talking about the Indianapolis 500. Doug Jenkins back in a moment with the news. Smash, smash, digging a smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging 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 the smash. Smash,